today we're talking about dating, and this is going to be fun. Um, uh, let me just say this. I've said this for a couple weeks. Um, if I say something and you feel convicted, it's not because I know your situation. It's not because your girlfriend or boyfriend talked to me and I'm looking at you on purpose. Uh, it's not because I know that you're doing something wrong. Whatever it may be, the reason I'm looking at you is because I need to look somewhere. And let me say that on top of this. I, we're talking about best practices for dating. So if you've done this the wrong way or you're in the middle of a relationship that hasn't done it exactly the right way, the idea is not to make you feel bad. The idea is not to make you go, well, does that mean I have to start over? The idea is to help you understand how can I do this the best way? How can I do this the way that, that helps me out the most? And so really we have to... We have to redefine what we're looking for in a relationship because I think today, if you would ask most people what's your goal for dating, the goal is just to date. Uh, the goal is to date, it's to fall in love. It's that idea, I, I date, I fall in love, I fall, I fall out of love, I find somebody else to date and to fall in love with and then fall out of love with. And there, I, the idea of even looking towards marriage is something that many in our, this generation definitely doesn't want to be a part of because there's this idea of missing out on life. This idea that if I get married or that idea of settling down with someone is going to cause me to somehow miss out on life. And I'll tell you guys what I always tell people. Marriage doesn't cause you to miss out on life. Actually, just gives you somebody to do life with. Uh, if you are worried about missing out in life, um, don't have kids. Uh, that's when life stops. I'll just go ahead and tell you that. That's when life changes. Let me say it that way. That's when life changes. I absolutely love my son, but our life changed drastically from that point on. But there's so many people out there that have this idea of what relationships are supposed to do. And that's why I really hate the hashtag relationship goals. Like I hate it. Like I hate it. And here's why I hate it. Because it's always things that are simple. It's always things that are like not that big of a deal. It's like two people walking on a beach holding hands, hashtag relationship goals. I'm like, if that's your goal for a relationship, you can get that accomplished today. Like a girl can walk out to the beach, hold my hand, okay, and like literally take a picture and it would be fine. Or the one that I see so many times, it's like two beautiful people naked in a bed, like just kind of like you can't tell where each other's person's arms and legs are. And it's like hashtag relationship goals. I'm like, that's not a big deal. They're just naked together. Like, girls, if you just told a guy, hey, I want to take a picture of you with us naked, they're like, okay, yeah, we can do that. Hashtag relationship goals. Like, like none of these things are hard. And that's what I'm saying. Like, a lot of the things that I think that people look for with relationship goals, and it's like, oh, it's, it's, I think the ones that actually are cool are the ones where it's like two really old people who still like each other and holding hands, like, and they, they're still there, like, they still know who the other person is, and like, they're going, I'm like, that's awesome, that's a relationship goal. But the idea, like, so many things that we're looking for in a relationship, it's so simple, it's things that just come naturally. We should be looking for something so much more. And let me just say this, many times we date the way we do because we think dating is the destination. We think the point of dating is to date, instead of marriage being the destination. And so what I want to talk to you guys about tonight, and let me just say this, if you're one of those people that's like marriage is not a possibility, marriage is not something I think about, it's not even something that I, I want to do, next week we're going to be talking about that. I want you guys to be a part of that and be there for that because we're going to redefine what marriage can look like. Uh, for some of you, the only examples of marriage that you've seen have been horrible. Um, the only examples of marriage you've seen have basically made you think that marriage is not possible. And I, I want to redefine it next week. I want to help you guys understand it. Christy and I are going to be teaching it together. And we're going to kind of talk about what marriage can be and why it's something that we should strive for. But today we're going to be talking about dating, but we're going to be talking about it differently. We're going to be talking about intentional dating. Uh, dating with a purpose. And the idea is, is this idea that I'm not just dating to date. I'm dating so that I am looking to find the person I'm going to marry. 
And if we can get that. So if I want to find and marry the right person, I should date in a way that honors God, keeps me whole. We talked about baggage last week. Uh, gets to know them fully. And this last one makes everyone uncomfortable. Makes breakups as easy as possible. Makes breakups as easy as possible. And let me just say that to this. If you're unwilling to break up with the wrong person, you'll never find the right person. And so we will talk about that more a little bit later. But here's when everything that I'm talking about tonight, remember this, remember this. Everything that I'm talking about tonight is to make this as easy as possible, is to make this happen. So when we talk about things, you're like, that's kind of strict, or that's, that sounds so different. It's because I want to make sure when we date, we can honor God. It keeps me whole, which means I'm not adding more baggage to my future marriage by the way that I'm dating right now. It gets to know them as fully as possible because that's the point, and it makes breakups as easy as possible. These are things that we have to think about as we do this. And let me just say this too, and this this is a, since you guys, are, you guys are pretty young, if you don't see yourself getting married within three years, within three years, I wouldn't date right now. Some of you are like, why? Because if you don't see yourself as a possibility of getting marriage, married in three years, there's no reason to date. Right now, what you can do is you can work on you. You can work on you. And some of you are like, I'm done working on myself. I want to work on somebody else. No, look. <laughs> You can work on you. Here's why. Because a relationship with, with dating and engagement really shouldn't go over that mark. Three years is more than long enough to figure out whether or not you're, you're going to get married and get married. So if you're looking at your life and you're going, man, three years from now, I'm still going to be in school. I'm still going to be doing this, whatever it may be. I would look and go, okay, right now, maybe I need to pause and just focus on working on myself. But here, here's the tough part, guys. The Bible doesn't have guidelines for dating. It doesn't, because dating is absolutely new. Dating the way we date right now didn't start till the 50s. I don't know if you guys knew that. Dating that we do right now didn't start till the 50s. Before that, they had courting, but courting was basically your parents picking them out, and you getting to hang out was on the front porch while everyone's staring at you. That's what courting was. And then before that, it was your parents picking people out for you to marry that you got to meet on your wedding day. It's this incredible idea, and it's this whole idea of prearranged marriage. So when you look at the Bible, you don't see that. You don't see that, but I'm, I'm going to offer this today. Maybe some of you would like to take me up on this. I'm going to say this. After the service, if you want, you can sign up. And if you want to sign up and you go, Pastor How, I believe you will pick the right person for me, just go ahead and sign up on a piece of paper. Some of you, some of you are like, you know what? That's fine. I'm, up. I'm done. I'm done. I trust you more than I trust myself. Go ahead. Like you have a beard of wisdom, it looks like it's right. I will allow that to happen. No, of course that's not going to happen. But let me just say this. What I'm going to go through right now, very little of this is my opinion, okay? It's going to sound like, oh, this is your opinion. Very little of this is my opinion. In fact, if it's my opinion, I'll tell you it's my opinion. I have read a ton of relationship books. I have read a ton of papers by high-level psychologists, psychiatrists on all of this. If you guys don't think people talk about relationships and how you should date uh, in, the, in the psychologist realm, they do. A lot of them do. And what's crazy is this. Christians and non-Christian psychologists have almost exact ideas of the way relationships should start. They have almost exact ideas. And so all of these things are, are basically tips. They're, they're ways of doing this the right way. And so if you are looking for stuff afterwards, if you want to email me, I can send you a ton of stuff to read, uh, a ton of stuff that has a lot of research on what all this does. But really, I just want to give you guys the basics. And we're going to start off with the basics, okay? We're going to start off with incredibly 
basic. And you're going to be like, why are we doing this? Because I just want to let you guys know how this should work. So we're going to talk about stages of a relationship, okay? Um, you're like, this sounds what everybody, no, I just want to define these things. There's the getting to know, asking out, dating, serious, dating, and engagement. So we're going to start off with getting to know. Um, I'm going to say something that's going to blow your mind. You can get to know someone without going on a date. What? It's possible. You can get to know someone without going on a date. You can get to know someone just by hanging around them or being around someone. See, during a time where you're like, man, I think I may like this person, what you do at that point is you start to just have it real conversations. I'm talking about real conversations. Texting is not a conversation, okay? Girls, girls, you are letting guys off the hook with texting. Giving the guy an opportunity to think about what he's going to respond to instead of the first thing that came to his head that was stupid is just not fair. That's why you see the lines, like the little dots, little dots, and then you don't see them for a while because he just deleted the text and he texted his best friend. And he's like, what should I say here? <laughs> Some of you guys are like, shut up. That's the only way I can have a girlfriend. <laughs> have real conversations. Pick up your phone. And this this crazy function on there where you can dial a person's number and call them and talk to them. I swear it works. And have actual conversations. You guys, you guys are acting like, well, that's so dumb. No, guys, today's world, and let me just say this for girls especially, so many guys don't know how to have a conversation. So many guys don't know how to do this. So many girls even too, they don't have, know how to have a conversation. You need to make sure the person in the relationship that you're going into, the person has the, even the ability to have a relationship. And the way you do that is you start off by actually having real, actual conversations. And here's what happens. You get to know them and you get to find out if their person even worth dating. Do they even know God? Are they even doing the things you want them to? And what's great is when you get to know them first and you're not dating yet, when you find out they're not the right person or you find out they're just a project that needs some time, you can walk away. You can walk away very easy. And if they're a project, here's what's great. You need to walk away so that project can grow. Because if you're dating them, that's not what you need to do. Actually, people grow way more outside of a dating relationship than they do in, the same, in a dating relationship. And here's, here's some questions, guys. I'm just going to go through some questions that I get. Should I date more than one person at a time? No. No. Can you get to know more than one person at a time? Yes. Yes, but once the, it becomes dating, no, you don't. You're not good enough to carry on two at the same time. You don't need to be kissing one person on Monday and kissing another person on Tuesday. That's wrong. You shouldn't be doing that. Should you date more than one person at the time? Absolutely not. Who should I be looking for? This is what I get all the time. Who is God putting in front of you? Who is God putting in front of you? You hear me say it all the time. Go as hard as you can after God and look next to you. Because here's the thing that I think you should look for in someone you want to date. You're attracted to them. I'm not too spiritual not to say that. Yes. <laughs> You need to be able to look at them, them in the face without gagging. Like, you should be able to do that. Someone you're attracted to. Someone that you can have a conversation with. The actual phone conversation. And someone that loves Jesus. If they have those three things, then you're looking for something for it. And let me just say this, guys and girls. Look around you for the right person, not just the person that's flirting with you. Guys, look for the right girl, not just the one that won't stop touching your bicep. Look for the right person. Girls, look for the right guy. 
And see, what happens is this, is you get to know that person. You go, man, this is somebody that I should actually have a relationship with. And so what you do next, guys, is you actually ask her out. You ask her out, not through text. Not through text. Girls, if a guy texts you, we should go out, don't respond. And if he goes, hey, like he gets question marks, you just go, I didn't get the last text. <laughs> and you say it over and over till he finally calls you and acts like a man and picks up the phone. And that's what we should do. We should, as guys, we should call or in person ask a girl out. We should look to do these things. We should look to get to a point to go on a date where we actually have to put on a nice shirt, take one eyebrow and make it into two eyebrows, put on a breath mint and go out. Guys, do not ask her friends if she likes you. That's what boys do. Girls, if a guy comes up and asks you, does your friend like me, Tell them to get back on their tricycle and go back to their mommy because that's what you should do. Guys, I, I'm being incredibly tough on guys right now, but we live in a world with such passive men. Guys, I'm giving you permission to do this. There's a difference between boys and men. Boys are like a dog chasing a fire truck. Even if he catches it, he doesn't know what to do with it. Men are much more than that. Now, let me say this. Girls, if you are interested, you do put yourself out there. You do. You hang around. You actually listen to him. You laugh at your jokes in the way that you know he likes. Girls, I get this so many times. Guys never come talking to me. They never come up and talk to me. They're never coming and talk to me. And literally, I look at them, and every moment they're not up here, they're in the corner with their other friends in this angry huddle. <laughs> literally in this huddle going, no guys ever talk to us. We need to go to the bathroom. All right, let's go. And they move like an amoeba across the room. This man-hating amoeba. Guys, girls, let me say this. Sometimes a guy won't ask you out because he's passive. Sometimes he won't ask you out because he doesn't like you. That's okay. <laughs> girls, please, if a guy asks you out and you don't want to go out with him, just say no. Just say no. Be nice about it. Don't friend zone him. Don't, don't say maybe, just say no. It's okay. Here's, here's another question I get asked all the time. Is it okay for a girl to ask a guy out? Yes, if you want to lead the rest of the relationship. If you want to lead the rest of the relationship. Guys, girls, let me just say this. There are many, many passive men out there who would gladly take a backseat to the relationship and let you make all the decisions. So if that's what you're looking for, that's where you start. If he's not willing to ask you out, he needs to grow. He needs to grow. He needs to get to a point where he's willing to risk it. And guys, you can ask girls out. They can say no. Guess what? You can ask another girl out. They just may not be the one. It's okay to do that. Let me say this. When you're first starting to date too, please don't put all your marriage expectations out on the table. Um, I, I hear this all the time. After like a bad relationship ends, they're like, well, I'm just going to start off. First date, I'm just going to tell them exactly what's going on. I want three kids. I want this. I want... No, don't do that. Dating is a time to get to know each other, but this isn't a time to have the serious, serious talks, okay? And when you go on a date, guys, 
let's not go over romantic in the first couple dates. Here's why. Here's why. Halfway through a really romantic date, she's loving it. You realize this is not the one. You're in a really awkward position. You're in a really awkward position. Basic dates that require thought, where you decide where they're going ahead of time, where you pick them up and they ask where you're going and you already know. And it's not dates where you are just going to somewhere where you can't talk. It's dates where you can talk. If you're going to the movies, there's somewhere before and after that you can talk. Dates are for getting to know someone. So what happens is you, you ask them out, you start dating, it's going the right way, and then you start to date seriously. How do you know when you go from dating to dating seriously? You have a relationship-defining talk. You have the conversation. This, these are not fun conversations, but these are conversations that have to happen. Some of the reasons these dating relationships just go on without any sort of guidance is because no one's willing to have the talk. You need to have the talk. Go, hey, I really like you. Do you like me? Yes? Okay, cool. Let's go forward with that. And what happens is when you start dating seriously, you start actually putting some expectations on it. You stop playing games. Please don't play games. Some people say, oh, there needs to be some mystery. No, there doesn't. The only reason there's mystery is because they're hiding a bomb. Okay? This is the time where you're absolutely being honest. It's, it's where you're not playing games anymore. And let me just say this. People ask all the time, how long does it take to get to know somebody? Psychologists agree somewhere between seven and nine months. Somewhere between seven and nine months, you actually get to know the real person. So because at seven to nine months, you get to know the real person. Somewhere between nine and 12 months in a dating relationship, this is going to be awkward for some of you. Somewhere between nine and 12 months in a dating relationship, both of you should know where this is going. Both of you should know this is going towards marriage. This does not mean that you're getting engaged at this point. But both of you should understand this is going towards marriage and what the expectations are. You should have this conversation. Are we going towards marriage? And you, this is also the best time to have the conversation. We're going towards marriage, but you have a lot of debt and you need to get that fixed. We're going towards marriage, but you need to finish school. We're going towards marriage, but this needs to happen. But at 9 to 12 months, you should know if this is going towards marriage. You should. If you don't know if this is the right person, you should probably break up. You should know them well enough to where you're going, you know what, I'm pretty sure this is the person I may want to marry. Guys, this is intentional dating. This isn't high school dating anymore. This, isn't, this is, you're growing up, you're looking for the person you want to marry. At 9 to 12 months, you should know this. And if there's something that needs to be changed, then you should change. Now, let me say this. This is what also should happen. In this time, you should be introducing them to every single person you trust. In fact, you should be doing this early on as much as possible. If you are not willing to introduce the person you're dating to someone you trust, they're not the person you should be dating. Or if you are going to introduce them to someone and you have to like preface it ahead of time with, hey guys, I know he has an anger problem, but like, or yes, I know he has a face tattoo of, you know, a massive snake that's weird. But if you have to preface it or if you're not willing to bring them in front of them, you know there's something wrong. Guys, I, I want to say this and you're going to disagree with me and that's okay. Your family and friends know you better than you know yourself. As a 37-year-old person, a, your family and your friends know you better than you know yourself. And here's the other thing. They're not in love so they can see the truth. They can see the truth. If you don't have a family that you feel comfortable bringing somebody in front of because your family sucks, find some married people that love you and care about you and want the best for you and bring them around them. But you need to be checking to make sure this is the right person. I'll tell you what my dad did, and this sounds crazy. My dad actually, uh, he got married incredibly young. I think he was 19 and she was 20. Um, she was crazy. Apparently, you guys know the scale, like 
craziness to hotness. She was apparently crazy, like crazy hot. Um, and his parents said, do not marry her. Do not marry her. They got married. Seven months into the marriage, she goes on uh, vacation with her parents, calls him, says, we're going to get a divorce, and he has not seen her again to this day. Um, never got a chance. She actually did go crazy. Never remarried, all that kind of stuff. So here's what happens. Next person that my dad goes to marry is my mom. Uh, he gets to know her as much as possible. He sends my mom to go see his parents, not for the first time, but sends my mom to go see his parents for a weekend without him. Some of you are like, whoa, yes. And here's what happened. My parents, my grandparents said, this is a great woman. You should marry her. Before Chrissy and I got married, I sent Chrissy up to spend time with my parents. Yes, it was intimidating for Chrissy. But I know they know more than I do, and I know they're not in love at that moment, and they're going to tell me the truth. Because I'm not saying you have to do that, but I am saying this. You better be listening to the people around you that care about you when it comes to this. This is that moment. So you are dating seriously. Engagement is the next deal there. I get asked all the time, should you ask the mom or dad um, for their hand in marriage? Yes, you should. It shows respect. If they're still in the relationship. If, the, if like, she hasn't seen dad in forever, which is my situation, I asked mom. Um, if, if there's a really bad situation there, yeah, of course. But yes, you should. You should definitely ask for hand in marriage. And people ask, how long should an engagement be? Here's where we have the problem with this question, is many people see engagement as the time to figure out if they want to get married. That's not what engagement is. Engagement is, I already know I'm going to get married. We need to prepare for marriage. That's what that time is. And so let me say this. Engagement should never go over a year. They should never go over a year. And most engagement should be six months or less. And some people say this. They go, oh, but you have to prepare for a wedding. It doesn't take that long. It doesn't. Chrissy and I, we were engaged for three months her and her mom got everything ready for a, a, a wedding that we invited the entire church to in one month. Of course, it makes sense because she knew if she got everything right, she could have all of this. So <laughs> who cares what the flowers are? Let's just go, right? Um, but have a short engagement. Guys, engagement, engage, engagements are tough. And here's the deal. Everybody thinks engagements are great. Every person I know that's engaged is like, this sucks. It sucks because it's literally like, we're about to be married, we're about to live together, we're about to like having to stop, go home every single freaking night. Like, it's, engagements are tough. It's not easy. And I, I had a uh, couple that actually, they had a year-long engagement, and we said, we're like, hey, you shouldn't, you shouldn't do a year. You guys know, you guys know you shouldn't do a year. And they got mad at us. They're like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about, whatever. Literally six months into the engagement, they're sitting in my living room going, can you just marry us? We just want to have sex. They're like, we're getting married anyway. She actually pulled this thing where, like, I don't have insurance anymore, and he has insurance, and, like, tried to make me feel bad. I'm like, stop lying. You just, want you just want sex. And they're literally begging me in that moment because they're like, you know what? We shouldn't have had this this long. It's, it's a tough time. Now, I understand sometimes there's a certain place where you have to go, and some of you have different arrangements where people are all over the world and all that kind of stuff. Yes, that falls into it. But it should never be over a year. It doesn't take over a year to get this done. But then on top of that, let me just say this. Cost of a wedding it is better to have a lesser wedding and go into your marriage having money than it is to have an extravagant wedding and not. Uh, most, a lot of marriages, one of the number one reasons that they end is because of finances. And so when people go into debt upwards of thirty to $50,000 for a wedding, which is ridiculous, to start a marriage, you're setting yourself up for failure. 
you're setting yourself up for failure. It leads into engagement. And so can I get the, um, the slide back up that go like the different stages real quick? Um, so we, we talked about the different, the next one, uh, the stage of relationship, getting to know, asking out, dating, serious dating, engagement. Breaking up. Which of these places is it okay to break up? All of them. All of them. Being engaged is never a reason not to break up. It is better to break up with someone you are engaged to than enter into a marriage that you should not be in. Okay? My dad on my, my sister's day of her marriage actually said, he goes, if you want to end this right now, if this is not right, that's okay, we'll walk away. And if she would have done it, that would have been the right thing to do. But let me say this about breakups. I'm going to send, spend a little bit of time on this. Breakups should happen as soon as you know it's not going to happen. Okay? Prolonging a relationship only causes pain that hurts both people. It only causes pain that hurts both people. Many times, most of the pain in a relationship happens between the moment that you're supposed to break up and the moment you actually do. I've seen so many times where people don't want to break up, and so one of the guy's biggest play is, I know I should break up with her. I don't want to because I'm going to hurt her, so I'm going to act like a jerk until she breaks up with me. And that happens the other way too. Because you need to be honest in this. Guys, it is a selfish thing not to break up with someone that you need to break up with. Because both of you have better people that you're keeping yourselves from. They have somebody better that's somebody that's right for them. You have somebody better and someone that's right for you. When you don't break up, you can't find that person. And when you break up, be honest. Be honest. If there's something that they can change, be honest. If it's something they can't change, like I'm just not attracted to you, don't be honest there. Make up something else. But be honest in it. If it's something they need to change, they need to know it. And let me just say this. When you break up with someone, you don't have to be friends. I don't know where this lie got started. You don't have to be friends. You don't. In fact, being friends after a breakup usually ends with you two getting back together and then having to break up again because you still have that bond there. And let me, I'll just say this. I said this last time I did this series. Some of you need to break up tonight. And I'm giving you permission to do it. It gets really quiet then. <laughs> Last year I said this and three couples broke up. Not everyone was happy with me. Today they are. Today they are. But some of you need to break up tonight. Some of you, I'm giving you the opening right now that when you leave, you can have the conversation. Some of you right now are sitting next to somebody in your day and you're going, oh crap. But that's okay. That's okay because if they want to break up with you, that's fine because you have somebody else out there that you should be with anyway. You have somebody else that you should be out there with anyway. And the key to breaking up well and easily is boundaries. It's boundaries. I want to talk about three types of boundaries. I want to talk about emotional boundaries, uh, physical boundaries, and spiritual boundaries, okay? Uh, emotional boundaries I want to start off with. In Proverbs 4.23, it says this. It says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Many of you go into every relationship the same. You, you think you're supposed to go into every dating relationship giving all of yourself emotionally as soon as it starts. You give all of yourself emotionally, you unload everything, and you go into it that way. Let me just say this. The best way to go into a relationship is to stay emotionally sound. How do you do that? You keep your circle of friends and family. When you go into a relationship, please make sure that you keep your circle of friends and family and so, because they allow you to keep your boundaries up. Here's the, you're less likely to break up with someone if you change all your friends. You're less likely to break up with someone if the only family you hang out with is theirs. A large part of emotionally connecting with someone is connecting with their friends. Should you meet your friends? Absolutely. 
You should meet their friends. Actually, they should have friends. That's also a sign. That's a sign. They should have friends. So yes, you want to meet their friends. You want to know about their friends. You want to see if their friends are all jerks. You want to meet their family and see what their family is like, but you need to keep your side. I've seen this happen so many times where people bond to a family because they're like, their family's awesome. My family sucks. They bond to a family and they don't break up. They don't like the person at all, but they love the family. You guys are laughing. It happens a lot. Because we got to make sure we don't overly attach early. Guys, guys do this a lot, okay? Guys, please don't do this. Stop talking about marriage incredibly early in a relationship to cause her to attach to you so that you look like the guy that's looking for marriage. Guys, we, guys, we love to do this. We start talking about marriage early on. Every time, and every time we do it, they're like, oh my gosh, he, he loves marriage. Don't talk about marriage early on. You, you shouldn't be talking about it yet. That's something that you start talking about in the future. And, and let me just say this. Don't become emotionally reliant on someone. You should be looking out for two things. One, you shouldn't be looking to be emotionally reliant on them, and they shouldn't be on you. When something in their life happens that's tragic, when something in their life happens that's not good, and it's early in your relationship, you should not be the first person they call. You should be a person they call, but you should not be the first person. If you're the only person they look to to get through this situation, if you're the only person they look to to get through this problem, that's a problem there. That's a problem there. You shouldn't be there yet. And at the same time, you shouldn't look to them first yet either. What you're doing right there is you're creating an emotional bond that's bringing you guys together more than you should be at that point. See, what happens, this is crazy. We bond over all kinds of things. And one of the things we bond over is when we go through a moment where that person's hurting, I'm helping them, and we come through it. And that's why one of the things we should do, and this sounds wrong. Let me just say this sounds wrong, but I literally just read a paper on this the other day. You should not be dating someone, and you should not allow someone to date you if you just went through a tragedy. Okay? If a death in your family just happened, if a serious tragedy in your family just happened, the most emotionally mature thing for you to do is ask them to take a step back. Because here's what happens many times. You go through a death, you go through a tragedy, that person becomes your crutch. Over time, that's where your relationship was built on. They leave, all of a sudden that crutch is gone, you have those same feelings again, and you have to deal with that tragedy all over again. And it bonds you in a way that you shouldn't be bonded yet. It actually complicates everything. Here's another side that I get. What are the signs, what are the warning signs of an abusive person? Is anger okay? If you see even the glimpse of abuse, that's a sign. If you're like, oh, they just get angry, but it's over. They just throw some stuff, but it's over. If you see the glimpse of abuse, you should get out. Here's why. In a dating relationship, they're on their best behavior. They're on their best behavior when they're dating you. Whatever is happening right now will be magnified in marriage. So if there's a glimpse of it, you will see it in marriage. You will see it in marriage. And we've got to be careful not to be the ones that go, well, I can help them through it. Or that's something, you know, it, it's, it's, it's not their fault, it's my fault. I did something to cause that behavior. Abuse is something that we walk away from right away. We have to emotionally keep ourselves in check. The next one is, is physically. 1 Corinthians 7, 1-2. It says this. It says, Now regarding the question you asked in this letter, yes, it is good to abstain from sexual relations. Actually, uh, in this verse, it literally says the actual translation is don't touch a woman. It says just don't touch her. Um, but because there is so much sexual immorality, each man, I love the way this is said. This is hilarious. Each man should have his own wife and each woman should have her own husband. It sounds like it's like a parting gift. It's like, oh, you're single? 
Oh, you're good? Oh, yeah, we got a man for you. Just grab one on the way out. You just like put one over your shoulder. It's like, I got a man. You should get one too. They're running out of the good ones. You know, uh, it's just what it sounds like. You should get a man. You should get a woman. I got one. Yeah, it's cool. That's what it sounds like. But what, what they're saying is, yes, uh, what should we do? We need to be careful of sexual immorality on this. The best way to do this is to explain expectations early on. Why is it so incredibly hard for us to talk about this early on? It's so incredibly hard to talk about boundaries. And the reason we have to do it early on is because it's just about impossible to go backwards. It's amazing to me that I, I had a kid, I was like, he's like, man, I don't want to go in this the wrong way. I'm like, have the discussion, have the discussion. Comes back to me several months later. He's like, yeah, we had sex. I'm like, did you have the discussion? He said, no. I'm like, so it's easier to get naked with someone than it is to have the discussion. Yes. In today's culture, it is. It is. But we have to have the discussion. And people always ask me, what's the Christian definition of sex? And what's funny is Christians are notorious for doing everything but. I, I'm, and it's like, we're, we're doing everything but. And there's this idea, you know, I heard somebody say, well, you know, with oral sex, it's just not as intimate. And I'm like, I don't know if you can get more intimate than crotch to face. Like, I just don't think. <laughs> that's possible. If you weren't here for the sex message, we, we talked about the stuff that's dumped on your brain uh, during sex. Any, anything that causes orgasm literally causes that to be dumped on your brain. And so if you receive that with that person, you are literally no longer thinking correctly. Your brain is literally bonding you to that person. And so here's what's crazy, guys. Even non-Christian psychologists and psychiatrists say the same thing. Wait as long as absolutely possible to do anything sexual because once that happens, you no longer see that person for the person they are. And guys, just a reminder, this is all about dating the right way. This is all about the idea of me finding the right person. And here's what happens. When you enter into a physical side of things, you no longer see them, so you're no longer learning who they truly are at that moment. And how, like, how do you even do that? Well, where you hang out, is the best way to do this. People tell me all the time, like, no, the only way we can have good conversations is if we're sitting on the couch in a dimly lit place and, like, we can talk. I'm like, no, that's not the only place you can have conversations. It's not. And let me just say this. You can only spend so many hours in a dimly lit place looking at somebody without making out with them and then without taking your clothes off. It's just impossible. You're looking at them. They're looking at you. It's like, yep, this should happen. There's this myth that you can't do that. And let me just say one of the things that we do so many times, this is what happens is I, I really believe, you know, the whole idea of Netflix and chill. Netflix and chill is, the reason that's so important is because literally what happens, you go over somebody's house, somebody creates, like, makes a meal, somebody brings a meal, whatever, you're in your PJs or sweatshirt and sweatpants, you sit down on the couch, you have a meal, you cuddle, you watch something, you have sex. What you're doing right there and why it's so addictive is you're recreating marriage. That's the best part of marriage, is literally getting to be around somebody, not caring what you're wearing, and getting to have sex. Like, that's awesome. But here's what we're doing. Even if you take the sex off the plate, guys, there's people I know all the time, they're like, and, and I know you guys have been there. They're like, I don't even want to have sex right now. I just want somebody to be there. My guess is many of you have that thought. I don't want to have sex. I just want someone to be there. I just want someone next to me. I just want to have someone put their arm around me. Guys, what happens many times, even if you're not having sex, you're spending so much time in these intimate moments, you're recreating what marriage is and you're bonding yourself to that person. Like how? But none of this is fun. Guys, I understand, but the point is this. The point is not to add baggage to your life. The point is not to bond you to someone you don't even know you're supposed to marry. The point is to get to know them as much as possible. You're going to spend 40, 50 years, hopefully, in a marriage, maybe even more than that with that person, where you get to do that all the time. But the point is we want to make sure you're doing it with the right person. 
Make sure you're doing it with the right person. So the question that I get is this. Is it okay to spend time alone at home? Is it okay to spend the night without sleep, sex or sleep in different rooms? Which I think is a stupid thing. Like, why would, why would you spend the night? Like, if that's not on the tape, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Um, why? That's the question I ask. Why? Why? There's, I mean, when we look at, is there really a good reason? No. There's not. And in the middle of the night, going to happen every time. We talk about these things. I don't want to, here's what we, our problem is many times. We want to go as far up to the line as possible without doing it. The more you go up to the line, the more likely you're going to go over it. The more likely you're going to go over it. And people ask me, well, do you keep the physical boundaries up in engagements? Yes, you do. Why? Because engagement's in. Engagement's in. They do. And boundaries exist to keep us from going backwards. Guys, emotional and physical boundaries are there to keep us from going backwards because once you cross the line emotionally and physically, it's just about impossible to go backwards. Both of those. Emotional and physical, it's just about, to go, it's just about impossible to go backwards. And so we date in that way to make sure we get to know who this person is as soon as possible to know whether or not we should date them or move towards marriage. That's why we're dating, not just to hang out. Last boundary, spiritual boundary. Here's what I get this, asked this question. Should we do a devotion or Bible study together? No. Not right off the bat, no. Um, spiritual uh, bonds can happen very quickly. If all of a sudden you're doing a Bible study together, and as a man he's leading that, you're bonding to him. You're sitting there going, oh my gosh, he's the spiritual mentor I've never had. He's the man I've always wanted in my life. And here's what happens also, is you have a ton of growth with that person, and then when you break up, that growth dies. Because it's tied to that person instead of with each other. Should you both be talking about what you're reading in the Bible? Yes. Should you both be going to Bible studies? Yes. Should you talk about those things? Yes. But your spiritual growth doesn't need to be tied to that person. It doesn't need to be tied to that person. You must keep your church. Visit theirs, but keep your church. Visit theirs to make sure it's not way off on the other side to make sure it's not filled with a bunch of angry people. I'm, guys, I'm serious on this. You visit theirs, but you keep your own church. Why? Because here's what happens so often is you leave your friends, you leave your family, you leave your church, and it becomes incredibly hard to come back. We keep those things there. I get asked one other question. Uh, should we get couples counseling before we're engaged? No. Um, but let me say this. If you're looking, there's a difference between couples counseling and premarital counseling. Premarital counseling before you're engaged, if you're like, man, we're about to get engaged, yeah, you can go for that. Couples counseling, like we're trying to save this relationship, but we're just dating, no. If you need couple counseling to get a dating relationship to stay together, it needs to stop. I've seen people work harder at dating relationships than they do at marriages. It's crazy. It's crazy to me. But here's what happens many times, is many of you are this. I'm going to hit some of you right now. Many of you have a savior complex. You believe this. They won't love God. They won't come to church. They will fall apart if I'm not in their life. And you believe you are their savior. Let me say this. They need a savior. It's not you. It's not you. You don't need to save him. You don't need to date him just to get him to church. You don't need to date her just to get her to church. What you need to do is allow them to grow outside of a relationship. And once they're to the right place, yes, you can date them. But so many times I see this, people think, oh, they're going to fall apart. I had a friend in college. His name was Sam. Sam, we were at church, and this one girl came in. She was incredibly good looking, but 
once we got to know her, she had all kinds of stuff that needed to be dealt, dealt with. All kinds of baggage from her family that was no fault of her own, but stuff she needed to deal with. And he started dating her because she was hot. So they start dating. He realizes it's not right. He realizes this is not going to work. She senses it. And many times what you see in an unhealthy relationship is when a person senses that it's going the wrong way, they use sex to control. Sam is in his room. She walks in absolutely naked and says, you can do whatever you want to me. Sam runs off. I don't know how Sam ran off. I'm amazed to this day Sam ran off. I don't know if God blinded him for a moment so he could run off, but he did. Like he got out of that room. I can't imagine what that was like for her, but he got out of that room. And that next week, we're, we're talking to Sam. He goes, yeah, man, I know I'm supposed to break up with me. She did this. She got naked in front of me. And we're like, what? And he's like, I ran. He's like, I ran away. I'm like, shut up, shut up. Yeah, right. And I'm like, he's like, no, I ran away. I'm like, you didn't just at least bump into her. He goes, no, I just ran. I just ran away. I just ran away. I was like, Sam, guys, I'm just being honest with you. So I'm like, Sam, both of us were like, you need to break up, you need to break up. He goes, no, but her life will fall apart. She's going through all this stuff. If I leave her, she'll, her life will fall apart, all that kind of stuff. So they continue to date. Well, guess what? He looks at about, he's about to break up with her again. She does the same exact thing multiple times. And then finally, of course, he gives in. They have a relationship that is absolutely an unhealthy relationship. Unhealthy relationship. The same has a huge savior complex. So he continues to date her and believes he will save her through marrying her. They have a horrible marriage, absolutely horrible marriage that goes through times where they're both cheating on there. They both leave church and they both walk away. Now, am I saying if you do this, that's exactly what's going to happen? No, but I will say this. It's what happens over and over again. Over and over again. Guys and, guys and girls in this room, we don't need to date based on potential. We don't need to date someone that we can save because we don't want to work on ourselves. Girls, you don't need to date him to make him better. You've got to allow him to become better. Because these are things that we all do. And you're like, man, I know many of you are sitting here going, that just sounds like a whole lot. Remember this, guys. This is not something I, I'm telling you because I'm like, if you don't do this perfectly, you're not going to find somebody to marry. What I am saying is this. These are best practices. If you follow this, you will, be, you will make, the first time you break up with someone, when you keep these boundaries and you do this the right way, you're like, wow, this is so much easier. Don't tell them that, but it's so much easier. And you'll find yourself moving through relationships much healthier. You'll find yourself moving through relationships in a much faster rate so that you can find the one you should marry. And guys, let me just say this. Please, if you date the right way, it's incredible what you can do in a girl's mind. I hear all the time Christian guys are just as bad as other guys. If you are a Christian guy and you date the right way and you break up the right way, you are showing her a possibility that she hasn't seen before. Please do that for us. Please do that. Guys, next week, we're going to be talking about marriage. And what I want you guys to understand is the reason we're talking about this is because marriage can be great. It can be great. That's why all of this matters. It can be something more than you expect it, and it can last. And actually, all the statistics that you've heard are lies. They are. And I want to give you another idea of that. But I, I, I just, I'm hoping tonight that maybe just a little bit of this is hitting. And I, I pray this, that even if you're not believing anything I say, allow it to sit and allow yourself to think about it. Let me pray for us. God, I thank you so much for who you are. God, I thank you that um, you've given us your word. God, I thank you that uh, you want what's best for us. God, I pray tonight as uh, we sit through this and we listen to these things, and a lot of it's stuff that we've never done before or even close to the right way. God, I pray that we wouldn't feel bad. We're not feeling guilty whatsoever because that's not what you want us to feel.
God, I pray that we are convicted uh, to do things the right way, uh, to just go ahead and turn around from this point on to try to do it the best way possible. God, we know that perfection is not possible and you are always there to forgive us. And God, I pray we remember that. God, I just pray that we, we have an idea that you have the right person for us, that we will find the right person that we can marry, that we can have an incredible relationship that's gonna make our life much better. God, I thank you that you give us that opportunity for that. And in Jesus' name I pray, amen.